everyone, and welcome back to a brand new edition of Daily to Dynasty, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy football, whether your thing is beating on your friends year in and year out for your Dynasty Leagues or cashing tickets every week on Daily Fantasy. This is going to be the show for you. I'm your host, Craig Gorbanoff, joined in a much larger show this week. We're growing in numbers week in and week out. Of course, we have Rich Wilhelm in my, my upper right. I got to figure out my rights for my lefts on, on this screen. Uh, we have Marcus Taylor on my upper left here. We got Hello. John Hazlett in my lower left corner, right corner. I don't know. I'm not good with, with my stage, stage rights and lefts. And then we have Mark Rubino joining us for the first time on this program. How you doing tonight? Very good. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing great. We're having fun. Thanks for coming on the show. We're going to have a lot of fun, as always, yeah. on Daily to Dynasty. But before we get things going, a little bit of business to attend to. If you want to follow anyone on the show on Twitter, you can, of course, follow the show at Daily to Dynasty. You can follow myself at Seagorbs94. You can follow Rich at Coda52. You can Marcus at EMTaylor29, Taylor 29 That pun <laughs> kills me every week. You can follow John at JohnHazlett475, and you can follow Mark at Mark Rubino. And, of course, all of those usernames are on your screen right now. Again, whether you're wa- watching this thing on YouTube, you're listening to it as a podcast, it's available in a lot of different ways. But the best way to really interact with us is either through Twitter or on Anchor FM. Uh, slash daily to dynasty and you can leave us a voicemail uh, and we will include that in next week's episode and interact with you live on the show it's a real fun way to get involved again that link anchor.fm slash daily to dynasty and remember to like subscribe and give a nice rating wherever you listen to this show a few more things here we want to thank our partners at the underdog newsletter If you are a sports fan, odds are you are a fan of underdog stories. Every week they sift through hundreds of articles, videos, and podcast interviews. And then every Tuesday morning they send out a bite-sized rundown of only the best stories you can find all in one place. You can subscribe to the newsletter at jokermag.com slash newsletter and follow them on Twitter at jokermaghq. And one more partnership for you guys. We'd like to announce our brand new partnership with Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. Thrive has prop bets for almost every sport. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. And the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1,300,000 in prizes since launching in 2018. You can use the promo code DAILY2DYNASTY, all spelled out, DAILY2DYNASTY, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. So, deposit $20, get $20, bet with $40, win even more. It's a no-brainer. Download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Whew! All right. Now that we are done with all that fun business, Rich, let's start off the show with the NFL updates. And since you are wearing the New York Jets hat, you get to give the New York Jets news. Tell us about C.J. Mosley. It's all bad, like always. So uh, the Jets' best player on defense was traded. And now the Jets' best player on defense opts out of the season. So, I mean, it's just, it always happens that way for the Jets. C.J. Mosley decided to opt out. He was one of 66 players across the NFL that ended up opting out by the deadline. Um, and I mean, it was kind of a surprise. He kind of said, you know, beginning of this, that he wanted everyone to play. He didn't really believe in all the hype, and then he opts out. Um, but, you know... The, the show goes on. The Jets were going to win the Super Bowl with or without him this year. It's going to give the Jets a year to get the young players on the field, see what they have for, let's see how many games we can get done this season. There is, you know, depth on that depth chart at inside linebacker, but obviously no one in the same ballpark as C.J. Mosley. Uh, the Jets recoup, I believe, $10 million based on his contract, but I doubt they're going to use any of that money. They're probably going to carry it over to next year when the salary cap drops drastically um 
but I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a hard test for Greg Williams to get his defense gelling when they they lost two of their captains. I mean, Mosley didn't play most of last year with a groin injury, um, but we'll see what's what's going to happen with these young guys. So CJ Mosley opts out. Jamal Adams is traded. The life of a Jets fan in two weeks. And but you know what, Rich? You know you bring up a good point. CJ Mosley did miss the majority of last season. And John, I'll I'll throw this over to you just for your thoughts. I mean. The Jets really aren't getting a lot of usage out of C.J. Mosley, so is the defense really going to look that much different from last year? No, it won't. Not not when it comes to Mosley. Actually, it'll look better than last year because you're going to have Williamson back in there. Um, you know, minus, of course, Jamal. Um, but Mosley, listen, that's a blow. Anytime you lose a guy like that, I don't care how you lose him. Um, definitely, I was looking forward to seeing him play. Um, you know, the, the, if you look at the positive in it, He's going to be extremely healthy next year, which I think even coming into this year might have been a little questionable after all of last year. So he's got no excuses for, for 2021, and I think the Jets will be a better team in 2021 than they will be this year. I think this year is going to be a big stepping stone for them, and I think next year is really a – I mean, I think you kind of set it up for next year. I think Gase is going to be back no matter what. I know a lot of people think he won't. Um, I think he's got this year at least – and then uh, we'll see what we can go after in 2021. Not waving goodbye to 2020 by no means. So they're still going to go out there and compete. But, um, you know, I, I think you start to look a little bit towards the next year and your draft picks and what have you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Jets, you know, the next two years they have the two first-round picks. It's not going to hurt to get the young guys going to see what they have on the roster because there's no telling that. Gase is even going to be here next year. It's going to be a totally different team even next year compared to this year. Um, and the NFL is going to be completely different this year based on COVID. And the next thing I want to bring up is, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Matt Stafford, he was actually listed on the COVID-19 list by the NFL. And it came out that it was actually a false positive. Um, and his wife was all up in arms. So obviously COVID's changing a lot of things with the way that you know players are listed and everything else. But... Marcus, I mean, what do you think about this as far as, like, confidentiality, HIPAA, all this other stuff? How is the NFL going to be able to handle this with players? Um, well, first and foremost, um, that's scary news for Stafford. I mean, I know it was a false positive, but if you remember last year, his wife having the brain tumor removed, um, you know, and then finding out this year he may have, you know, a deadly virus. I mean, that family has been through a lot. That's my, my reason for her kind of flipping out on or post. Um, but as far as uh, confidentiality, um, I remember Ezekiel Elliott posting something. He said HIPAA on his Twitter post when his positive test came to light. Um, I was looking into it and um, I saw someone say if, if the source of the positive test is someone such as family, a family member or a close friend, uh, it's not going to count as HIPAA as a HIPAA violation because they're not healthcare professionals. And journalists reporting on players positive test they're not covered under the HIPAA entities so that doesn't count as HIPAA violation either so I don't really see this ending anytime soon um, I think someone tests positive they're going to get the news out there as fast as possible that the team and people that work with the player can take the precautions necessary so it doesn't spread yeah I, I think that's that's a pretty interesting point and you know it's Exactly, the doctors aren't the ones kind of kind of spreading this news around, right? So it's it's interesting how how HIPAA gets involved in patient doctor confidentiality, and in the case of athletes, I mean their medical well being is never secret from the public, especially you know during the season. So um, it's all just a very like weird thing to kind of see unfold. Mark, do you have any thoughts on kind of just how that whole story unfolded this week? Um, yeah, well, with uh, going back to Marcus with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I think his agent was the one that like leaked that he had coronavirus. Also, so that's really weird about that. And um, what's with Stafford? I don't know like how that got out there. Who, who, if they ever got back to the source of it? But the only way that would ever, I think, stop from coming out is if the NFL had their own medical staff test everyone and say, "Listen, can't tell anyone, can't do anything." If if they, if the player tells someone, that's their fault, you know. I don't know how that you stop something like that from happening. It's, I, it's literally impossible, I think. I don't know either. That's why the people in the NFL make millions of dollars, and we are here sitting on a YouTube show talking about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. One more bit of COVID news. Uh, Doug Peterson has tested positive for COVID. Um, the first notable, you know, coach to, um, you know, test positive for, for COVID-19. And, you know, I think we are often thinking about the players in situations like these, um, but you never really quite think about the coaching staff and, and this can, you know, really make a huge impact on, on, on the team. Uh, Marcus, you're, you're a Vikings fan, right? Mike Zimmer had that thing with his eye a few years mm-hmm. ago, right? And he couldn't travel with yeah. the team and, and it actually, it made an impact on game day. So not having your, your, your coach around, uh, in any capacity is obviously never good. How do you think all of this is going to affect the Philadelphia Eagles this season? Um, I mean, I've, I've been reading up on it. He's been leading the team virtually. Um, luckily for them, it's not in the middle of the season. Um, he said he feels great. He's very confident that he'll be there for the season. Um, and they said he don't believe he caught it um, at the facility during practice. They said he, they think he caught it away from it. So the chance of him infecting someone uh, lower since he didn't catch it at the team's uh, practice location. Um, I think they're going to be okay. I think um, – He's taking the proper precautions. He's quarantining himself away from his family. Um, the league and the team has jumped on it. Um, they caught it. And um, I think he's going to recover after the quarantine. And um, he'll be ready for the season and ready to lead the Eagles on uh, NFC East. And, Mark, uh, we'll let the cat out of the bag. You are, in fact, a Cowboys fan. Uh, so yes. I will give you the opportunity to just say whatever you want about the Philadelphia Eagles right now. <laughs> No, I think they're a good team, you know. Um, 15 years ago when I was in my teenager, I would have just said they suck, you know, but i come to realize they have a very good team. They have a very good defense. Um, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. and I don't Honestly, I don't know how much it really affects them because most people are doing virtual uh, practices or anything like meetings and stuff like that. So this, I don't think right now it affects them at all. And um, it's a shame he got it. You know, I don't want anyone to get in the NFL because I won the NFL season. You know, so, but I still think Cowboys win the NFC East. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first on Daily the Dynasty. Um, no, yeah, I mean, you're right. You don't want anyone to get it. I think they're they're fortunate that it happened now and not later. Um, but, you For know, sure. we're, we're knocking on the door of, of training camp, right? We're knocking on the door of when, when everyone is going to have to be reporting if we're going to have an NFL season. Um, so... I don't. I, I think they're they're pretty fortunate. But Rich, I'll pose the question to you. So let's say this was just a few weeks from now, and everyone is, you know, reporting the building, and a whole coaching staff gets COVID nineteen. Are we going to have to cancel the season? Like, what what's what's going to be the course of action here? Well, I mean, if the entire coaching staff gets it, obviously that's that's a different story. But I mean, let's say in, in a situation a head coach gets it. You know, if you're a New York Jets fan, you're like cheering a little bit. I'm sure, but I mean that that would that would be the one situation where next man up would be the better man up because you would have Greg Williams as the head coach. But I mean, all the the ways that the coaching staffs are built, I mean, it's not going to be like a fall from grace unless it's Bill Belichick going to you know Josh McDaniels because I think they're totally different mindsets. But um, in Philadelphia, I mean, Deuce Staley would be the next guy up. Obviously, it's a it's a big difference between Doug Peterson and a retired running back. Um, you know, for me, I, I think you know they're going to make it work one way or another. This season's going to be put together with like Elmer's glue and sticks, and there's no way that we can do anything about it. So, you know, the NFL, the NFL is going to prepare not only the players but the coaches in case something like this happens. They have an infrastructure built in every team. And they have to put a product on the field because the money they'd lose would just be way too much. So I, I know it, it would suck if it ravaged an entire coaching staff, but I think they would put precautions in place once one coach has it. And, John, everyone else got to talk about it. So any closing thoughts about Doug Peterson testing positive for COVID and if coaching staffs all got ravaged by COVID-19? No, I mean, I'm sure each team has a protocol in place. I don't know what that protocol is. But, uh, you know, basically what Rich said, I'm sure the show's going to go on. Um, and, and, and think about how many coaches are on an NFL sideline. I mean, if, for, for them all to get it, like, that's like a, that's a major, major big deal. Um, and, and I think if, if an entire coaching staff had it, I'm sure players would have it too. Then we're talking about a whole different ballgame from there. But, uh, but yeah, I think Peterson's going to be fine. 
Um, I happen to know some people who've had COVID, and it's, it's to some, it's no more than the sniffles. You know, I think we when we hear COVID, we automatically think ventilator. It's not exactly like that for everybody. So, you know, what level does he have it at? I mean, you know, who knows? It doesn't sound like it's too bad. So, obviously, we wish for a speedy recovery to Coach Peterson so that we can get on with our NFL season um, because we need some football. We need to, like, we need to be doing some fantasy drafts and, and mock drafts and whatever. And I, I've, I've yet to really get in, like, full mock draft mode because I still have this piece of me that's like, I don't know if we're going to have a, a season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully work our way in there. So, speaking of that, we launched this, this part of our show a few weeks ago, and it, it, we had a lot of fun doing it. And it's the fantasy state of the division. So, what we do is we take a look at one division every single week and – we give you kind of the must-have fantasy players for each team in the division. Uh, we each kind of come up with a list. There's some carryover. There's some likeness. Um, as I take a look, quick look at our doc here, though, there's not a lot of similarities between our lists here. There's some, there's some different names as I look up and down here. So we should have some fun. Uh, and we'll, we'll kick things off here. Well, Rich put the Cowboys first in the dock, but I think we should we should make Mark like wait like a little bit before he gets to <laughs> talk about the Cowboys. It's all good, whatever. <laughs> so let, let's kick things off with, with the New York Giants. Uh, we'll we'll skip down the dock a bit, and, and Marcus, why don't you you kick things off and start talking about who are the players you are targeting from the New York Giants for fantasy football this season? So my first player is going to be Evan Ingram, uh, tight end for the Giants. Um, he's a very talented um, tight end, um, young, athletic. Um, he can get it done. Um, his issue has been injuries um, in his career. Uh, last year, he had 44 catches, uh, almost 500 yards and three touchdowns, but he only played half the season um, due to injury. But if he stays healthy all 16 games, I definitely think he can be one of the top receivers in that Giants passing game. Um, Golden Tate, I mean, he's not going to have a resurgence in his career. He's not getting any younger. Um, Darius Slayton's a second-year player. And then um, blanking on the other receiver's name out of nowhere. I just Sterling had it. Shepard. Sterling Shepard. There we go. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I always pick him in mock dress and forgot it when it counted. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think um, Evan Ingram can be a big um, portion of his offense. Um, he was targeted 7.7 times per game last year. Um, one of the most targeted players in the offense. Uh, I definitely think he can have a uh, breakout season if he stays healthy. And my second one is actually Sterling Shepard. <laughs> um, Whose name you couldn't even remember. <laughs> I I know. It's odd, but edit that out. Um, <laughs> same, same issues with him. Um, two concussions last season, um, injuries, but um, 8.3 targets a game. Um, again, one of their top um, targets in the passing game. Um, I think if he stays healthy, he can go back to being the top uh, receiver, um, back to being the number one option. Um, now, part of that was due to the injuries last year, but he's built up a trust with Daniel Jones, and I think that can carry over to this season. So I'm going to go Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. I, I don't know. I don't know if I if I can get on the the Sterling Shepard bandwagon or Evan Ingram. I, I think a couple of weeks ago I said he's a player for me to avoid just because he's hurt me. He's hurt. Yeah, me. I've drafted yeah, him and he's hurt too. me. He's hurt my feelings. You know, this whole team other than Saquon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, listen. Both guys have talent. Both guys have potential. Both of them have had injury concerns. So uh, the Giants are an interesting team right now. Uh, you did mention their young quarterback, Daniel Jones. So, John, we'll, te- we'll toss it over to you. You only got one player listed, and I think I just gave it away. But tell us about why you're looking at Daniel Jones. Yeah, he did. Obviously, Barkley's going to be a guy, too. But I, I, I left him out because I, I figured everyone was going to be talking Obvious. about him. Dan- Daniel Jones, to me, is, is intriguing. I mean, first of all, he's going to play the, the, the team in Washington twice a year. So you, so, you know, you could look for him for matchups. He's a great guy to add late in the draft, especially if he's playing – a redskin team somewhere around where the fantasy playoffs are going to be. And maybe your quarterback isn't the uh, number one, you know, it's not Pat Mahomes. It's, you know, so to me, I think he's someone to watch. I think he can have a good year. Um, And I think, you know, we still know what Joe judge is going to be as far as a coach goes, but I get the impression that Daniel Jones is going to sling a little bit. And if he slings it, he's a guy that you're going to want. He's a, he's a guy you're going to want. 
you're probably not going to, he's not going to be your, your number one guy. He's probably not even going to be your number two guy, but he's a guy that you could stash and plug and play. And I'm definitely looking for him with matchups and daily fantasy as well. Yeah, and, and you know, I th- I was rather impressed with Daniel Jones in his rookie year. I thought he looked a lot better than than I thought he would week in and week out. Um, he had some really good games. He had some not so good games, but that's you know to come from any young quarterback. Um, definitely, you know, matchup based for sure. But I, I think he he could have some pretty good numbers if you're if you need him in a pinch. And definitely from a daily perspective, you can save a little bit money at that quarterback position and ball out in your running backs and, and wide receivers and whatnot. So. Definitely a player to keep an eye on. Rich, you have Saquon Barkley listed, but you have a, a parenthesis here, so why don't you take it away? Just not a number one. You know, basically that's that's the way of thinking. I think if you have number one, which Mark will talk later, uh, it's got to be <laughs> McCaffrey, no doubt in my mind. I mean, he is, he is the guy. Um, receiving, rushing, we're not talking about the Panthers this week, but if I could talk about Christian McCaffrey every week, I would. He's the guy. Uh, and then it almost Saquon feels like money. we have. I think we should. I mean, in a fantasy show, I mean, we we're going to every single yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Saquon's my number two. Uh, I think it's one, two, and then everyone else is kind of up up in the air at this point. I think, you know, Zeke would be three, but we'll get to the Cowboys. Um, my other guy, I think I have an unhealthy relationship with Darius Slayton. I don't know what it is, but I have him listed in every one of my formats i mean especially in dynasty if you can get him in dynasty i think he has the best relationship with daniel jones right now last year had 740 yards and eight touchdowns going into his second year i mean he looks like he's going to be the guy that's going to be the number one wide receiver at the end of the day i think sterling Shepard and golden tate kind of fall off the face of the earth when all is said and done and evan ingram you know if he makes it four games that's going to be a good pat on his back but I think he's going to be out the door pretty soon, too. I think it's going to be completely revamped, and Slayton's going to be that number one guy leading the Giants into the sunset. And, you know, if, you, if you've if you listened to the show the last couple of weeks, you've heard a lot of different dynasty options come up, and most of them are young wide receivers with young quarterbacks, right? You want to try and take a look at some of these teams that are up and coming, right, that are building something offensively, and, and take your shot with, with some of these weapons as the, before they get too big, right? So that's kind of the same strategy here um, with Slayton. I didn't put together a list because you guys are just so much smarter than me that I, I got nothing more to add. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just playing traffic cop tonight. Let's move on to Rich, although I just said how smart you guys are. You put Redskins in the dock. There's no Redskins in the NFL. It's, well, I mean, it's the, the Washington, Washington football, football team. team. You weren't supposed to read that on air, Craig. I mean, come on. Everyone... Making me look bad. <laughs> just bleep it out. Everyone knows a podcast has a doc. Like, we're always working from a sheet of paper. And... Well, not that part. I mean, the Redskins part. Obviously, I said <laughs> it, but I'm, I'm never going to say it again. You know, bleeped it. There you go. Lips are sealed, and I'm too lazy to edit all this out. So it's staying in the show. <laughs> comment comment below if you, if, if you disagree. <laughs> so, you know, interestingly enough, when we were thinking about this, I thought for sure... Terry McLaurin, right, would be the only player that would come out of this. But I do see a couple of other guys listed here. Uh, so let's let's start with, with Mark on uh, – I realize I just skipped Mark for the Giants, but you basically had, good. You had everyone the same. Yeah. Cool. So let's start with you. You can talk about the Giants, and you can talk about the Washington football team. <laughs> Tell me about your players. Well, well, real quick with the Giants, we basically all went over it. I have uh, Saquon at three, so after Zeke and CMC are gone, that would be my number. That would be my pick. <laughs> what, what do you, what are you shaking your head for, Rich? We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the Cowboys. It's fine. Go ahead. You can fight it out now. Yes. I don't care. I'll sit back. I'll sip my water. Like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then obviously Evan Ingram and uh, Slayton. I like. Uh, I think Evan Ingram is going to have a bounce back year. I, I like him this year. I have a weird feeling about him. And Slayton, I think, is just going to go off like Rich said. He's, like, poised to be the guy, the number one receiver there. He's, that's why he's big play Slay number two, right? Mm-hmm. I know Darius Slay doesn't like when uh, when he gets called that, um, Darius Slayton. But. And then with the Redskins, I, I, that team is just – they're just as bad as the Jets to me. Like, they're, like – I'm sorry to say that. But Thanks. 
Well, that's that's saying a lot because there are no Redskins in the NFL, Mark. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Washington football team. I'm reading the doc, that's why. Getting blamed again. So the Washington football team, they have the same type of roster as the like the Jets to me. Um, but I think Ron Rivera could turn that team around. So obviously Terry McClan is obviously – I would take him in the second – end of second. I think he – and then – What? AP maybe late. And, uh, I'm sorry, not the end of the second. I'm sorry, the third. I would take him in the third. I, oh. I don't know why I said second because I'm reading two different things. I'm okay, like, okay. reading everything I wrote. So, yeah, I, I feel g- good with him at the end of the third. But – and then AP late, you know, he had, what, 840 yards last year with the Redskins, 1,000 yards before that. He's still AP, you know. I, 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 you can't pass him up yet. I, I, he's still got another year in him. So, I, 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 I do think AP still has got a little bit of – a pep in his step. Like, I think, yeah. I think he's getting overlooked a lot. Like people just think he's old now, but like, yeah, you could still get a couple of good games matchup wise out of AP is all, all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Just wait until guys gets hurt three games in like always, or not even any games. And then obviously AP, you know, you pick him up off the waiver wire and you're golden. Well, that, but... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You take him deep, like late or something or in a league with 18 teams or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Now, Marcus, I think you you share the same testament, but you got a fun nickname here, so I'll let you talk about the Washington football team. Yeah, I picked uh, Scary Terry. Um, He was the only viable option I could think of fantasy-wise from the Washington football team. Um, He had a really good rookie season, 58 catches, almost 1,000 yards, 7 touchdowns. He was 20% of the team's targets last year during his rookie season. Um, that's a lot. Even though they were 27th in pass offense, I mean, he was basically the, the whole show um, when it came to their passing game. Um, hopefully, I was hoping I would be able to pick Dwayne Haskins, but I don't think I can. Um, I think um, Especially because Smith is, is maybe going to play this year. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping well, I, mean, I could pick. It's like he's not going to start the season, but I mean, if the comeback story of the year, they're going to make a Disney movie about it. His <laughs> leg is going to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. He's going to come back <laughs> at week eight. He's going to win gonna the make... Super Bowl, but instead of holding up the trophy, it's going to be his leg. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was good guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I'm going to just pick Scary Terry from that team. Um, they don't really have many options on offense. Um, so yeah, I expect him to have a better year. Um, I expect him to be the whole show in the passing game, and um, pick him up if you can. Pick him up late. Don't over. Don't reach for him. Yeah, definitely um, not a second avail- round pick. Or- yeah, not yeah. at all. Not at all. But if he's available late, um, I would definitely consider grabbing uh, Terry. Now, John, you have a, a different name on your list here. Tell us about Stephen Sims. Stephen Sims is primarily their return guy, but uh, last year had 35 receptions for about 300 yards and four touchdowns, and I think. I think, frankly, the Redskins are going to be behind a lot. I think they're going to throw a lot. So, again, this isn't a guy I would take in the first half of my draft, probably my first three quarters of my draft. But back towards the end, when you're taking defenses and kickers and you you need another position player, he's someone that I might want to grab and stash, especially if I'm in a dynasty league. And this is why my man John makes the big bucks and all of us over here are just waiting, waiting for the opportunity. John, we'll keep it with you as we we go back to uh, Dallas and I know you've you've had a love affair with CeeDee Lamb, but interestingly enough, he's not listed here on your doc. He he is actually, but I'm going to talk about the other two guys because I know CD is going to be covered with everybody else. In past shows, you'll you'll know I I picked him to be the offensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to be a tremendous player. But uh, the two guys I'll give you again, I'm not giving you any household names here, really. Um, but the guy, Tony Pollard, to me, is more than just a handcuff for Zeke. I, I think he's a guy that's going to get some goal line carries on occasion. Um, so he's someone that, I, again, later in drafts, he's someone that I'm going to want to grab, especially if I have uh, the number one guy or probably number two overall guy, in my opinion. But um, he's definitely somebody. And the other one that I really like is, is the tight end, Blake Jarwin. I think if, if you think about it, Dallas lost Cobb. They lost um, – Witten, that's 150 or 160 receptions. Lamb's going to make up a bunch of that. Who's going to get the rest? I think Jarwin's a, a good guy there. And again, I think he'll see some action in the red zone. So that's uh, those are those are the two guys I'll give you. I'll let the rest of the guys talk about CD. 
And I, I think a sleeper at tight end is just so valuable. Like, it's such a hard position in fantasy football that anyone that, that might might be a good look, I think, is a great pick to give out. Uh, so Blake Jarwin, someone to look out for for the Dallas Cowboys. I want to be cruel and make Mark wait some more, but I'll throw it to you. <laughs> Tell me about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, I have Blake Jarwin on my list, too. I think he's... I think the offense for the Cowboys is going to throw a lot this year. Um, they want to score a lot of points. I know they're looking to become the – they're trying to become the sixth team with uh, 3,000-yard receivers. They almost had it a couple years ago. But, you know, uh, and then with, with uh, Rich was talking about, I have Zeke at number one only because that's my homer pick. So, obviously, I would take Zeke because that's my guy. But realistically, CMC is the number one ru- running back in, in fantasy. But if I had the number one pick, I'd take Zeke because I'm a homer. And then – what, why are you shaking your head? I mean, I would love for you to get the number one pick then. I mean, <laughs> I, want to, I want to see it happen. It's it's just, you know, and so. And then Cooper, I feel good about in the second. Um, when you, when you although like the, the good running backs are gone. And then Gallup and Lamb, you, I, they're going to make up a lot of catches, like he, uh, John said, even though Gallup was there last year. Um, I feel good with them in the middle middle of the uh, the, the draft. Um, and then if you need a kicker, Greg Zerloin too. Greg's a leg. I know. I know. We just cut Kai Forbath, who it was ten for ten last year with Dallas, but we had we've had kicking trouble in the past. So there's um I'm a lot. I'm excited a lot for the Cowboys this year, fantasy wise and in the NFL. If it happens, knock on wood. So, and then our, our I honestly think Dallas's defense could be sneaky good, and that could be like a late round um, something at the end you pick up. But that's um. So, Rich, what you want to talk about with Zeke? I mean, you just named the entire offense, so I have no material. (laughs) I know. I I live and breathe the Dallas Cowboys, so. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, If my team was good, I'd be be doing the same thing, but I do the opposite. Um, Yeah, I mean, Zeke, obviously, for me, he is the third guy. And I guess, you know, in some formats, you can battle and say that he and Saquon would, would battle. But the only reason why I don't think that is because you said they have three possible thousand-yard receivers. I think that that offense is completely balanced, and the Giants' offense isn't. You know, I mean, I think Saquon is the entire team. Obviously, you have Slayton, like we mentioned before, and you have two other receivers that aren't that great, and then Evan Ingram is going to last three and a half games. So, I mean, for me, that's that's why it's the difference between you know Zeke and Saquon. But uh, you know, on my list, I love I love Gallup. I mean, he is the forgotten man. Um, I, he's dropping in, in mock drafts right now to, like, the seventh round, which doesn't make any sense because he had over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, I think even if C.D. Lamb comes and blows it up like he's going to, Gallup is still going to get a good amount of receptions. Um, and then I have Cooper on, and Lamb on my list as well. I mean, Cooper... He said the second round, I see him drop into like the late third in most mocks, which doesn't make sense either because he is the guy. You traded a first-round pick for Cooper, and he is worth a first-round pick and more. Um, and then Lamb, you know, he was my favorite wide receiver in this draft. Uh, I don't think it was really, really close. Um, you know, Judy, he's in a good position, but Lamb, he's going to be the guy who's going to be the one who's remembered when it's all said and done. In Dynasty, he's going to go in the first round. He could possibly go in the first five in a Dynasty league. Um, but, I mean, it, your team is good, and I hate saying that. But <laughs> I hope so. good across the board, and uh, obviously Dak is going to be drafted. But for me, he's kind of in that no-man's land for, for quarterbacks. I don't really want to take Dak third because there's a lot of – there's a huge drop-off with, with running backs this year. So in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to take running backs early, and by that time, Dak's going to be gone. Uh, otherwise, he'd be on my list. So the entire offense, I would draft it just in a different way. Yeah. Well, Marcus, I think every single player on the Cowboys has been talked about, so I think we're just going to jump on over to the city of brotherly love. Tell me about the Philadelphia Eagles. Who are you targeting? All right, so uh, one of the obvious picks is Miles Sanders, um, running back. Um, Jordan Howard is gone, and they didn't add any major uh, running back to the backfield, so he's the clear-cut number one. Um, He played a minimum of 50 snaps last year from weeks 11 to 16, and he averaged 20 points uh, every week in PPR. Uh, This year, I could see him doing more than that. Uh, He's their number one option. 
Uh, there's a lot of holes in the receiving game. Uh, I think he's going to be asked to do more. Um, I think he can be a stud in fantasy. Um, other pick is uh, Jalen Rager, the rookie wide receiver. Uh, I talked about him last week. Um, Alshon Jeffrey recovering from his injury. Deshaun played one game last year, missed the rest of the season. Who knows how healthy he is coming in or how long he lasts. Um, Nelson Aguilar is gone. I know Eagle fans are happy about that. Um, outside of the two tight ends, um, it looks like you got um, JJ and you got um, Jalen. And I think Jalen's going to be the one to pick up the slack that's left by these other receivers. So I think he can be a sneaky pick late in uh, fantasy and also a good stash in dynasty. And John, let's kick it over to you. Who are you targeting on from the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, obviously Sanders because he's he's one of my picks for a possible MVP. Um, Rieger also, uh, I think he's a very good rookie. Um, I think he's definitely going to see some action there. And uh, to me, uh, again, I, I like these late guys, possible handcuffs. Boston Scott, I think he's going to, again, he's going to spell uh, Sanders a lot. He's going to get some carries down at the goal line. And I think they like him in Philly. So I, th- I think he's somebody, you know, similar, like I said uh, earlier, uh, late in the, you know, towards the end of the draft, whatever it may be. I think he's a good guy to grab. And I'm mad at myself because I have Greg the leg down and I forgot to mention him with Dallas. So my favorite <laughs> kicker of all time. So <laughs> with, with, the, with the best nickname, too. I, best I, nickname of a I kicker. Mean, Absolutely. Yeah. There's not many kicker nicknames to go around, but Greg the leg is certainly like the best one, if you ask me. Um, we'll, we'll credit you. We'll credit you, John. Don't worry. We, we can prove it. I can take a screenshot of the doc and we can tweet it. So it's no big deal. Just take out the Redskins. I mean, the. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Rich. There are no Redskins. It's the Washington football team. Uh-huh. Rich must have been dying to talk. So why don't you tell us who you're looking at in Philadelphia? Um. I mean, let me start by saying I think Philly, as far as the offense goes, it's it's going to be no man's land. I mean, it's a completely different offense than what it was last year. I think Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, the man is made of glass, so I didn't have any high hopes for him contributing this year. Uh, and now with him starting on the, the pup list, and who knows what's going to happen. He's probably going to come back for one game and then be out again. Um, but, yeah, you guys mentioned Rager. I think Rager is going to be good. It's just he, he's kind of a, a toss-up for me just based on the way that he appeared up until the draft. Uh, I was kind of caught off guard with the way he interviewed. I was kind of caught off guard with the way he presented himself. But obviously that doesn't always correlate to the field. Um, Miles Sanders, obviously, you know, John said it. He's, he's right under Nick Chubb for me this year. I think that Miles Sanders, he's going to be a bell cow because normally the Eagles add – 26 and a half running backs and it's kind of just him and boston scott this year and i think that's a very good you know one-two punch um wentz wentz is going super late and you know it, it, it's weird that he was you know ranked so high even on the nfl top 100 and then he's kind of fell from grace i think he's definitely a quarterback that has the same value as let's say a top six quarterback and you just get him six rounds later um even though he doesn't have a ton of people to throw to, he makes the best out of what he has every year. Um, I just wouldn't start him against the Cowboys, uh, just for Mark's sake. <laughs> and then my last player, uh, Zach Ertz. Um, I know he hurt a lot of fantasy players last year. Hurt um, my feelings. Last year, I had him. Every yeah. year. Zach Ertz think- is terrible. There's no way he doesn't bounce back this year. He has no Zach choice. Zach Ertz is <laughs> terrible. I'm he back on, make, uh, I am back on this bandwagon. I hate uh, Zach Ertz. <laughs> even two Bowl, years ago? Super Bowl winning had... Zach Ertz? Yeah. A lot of go, people Rich. have won Super Bowls, Rich. That doesn't make them good. No. Anyway, so, I mean, he's, he's got to make up for, you know, what they're going to lose in Alshon, what they're going to lose in, um, you know, injured Deshaun, who knows what he's going to be. Uh, it just they, they lost a lot. So I mean, the the little amount of talent that they have left, it, it's got of it's got to come to light. And the same with Goder. I mean, Goder is probably going to serve more like a wide receiver this year because they just don't have the roster right now. Uh, and then I'm going to add one, not on the dock right now, but super super late in Dynasty. Greg Ward. I mean, last year he kind of came out of no- Mark. I see the face in Dynasty. 
the pool of players that you're dealing with. <laughs> I, like, I understand. What it's like Rex, Rex Grossman is going to be your backup. So um, <laughs> that's my guy. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Greg Ward. He came in. He 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 showed that he has some playing ability, but in late, super late in dynasty. But the big three: Wentz, Sanders, and Ertz for me for the Eagles. And Mark, close this show out, buddy. Tell me about who you're looking at in Philadelphia. Pretty much everyone talks about it. Um, Sanders, I think, uh, since they don't have 62 running backs like Rich said, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over 1,200, 1,300 yards this year. And then the rookie, Jalen Rager. Austin Jeffrey, like Rich said, again, is made a glass to Sean Jackson's racist now, so I don't know <laughs> how he works. So I, I would say Rager's going to be their number one target. I wouldn't surprise me if he goes for 80 catches this year, as long as – you know, he stays on the field. And then uh, something no one talked about, the Philly defense. I think they're going to have a top, maybe a top three defense. They have a really good, their secondary, I think, improved a lot. Moving Jalen Mills to safety this year is, is going to help them. They have two good corners. They have the best defense tackle in football. Well, second best. What Aaron Donald, he plays in too. But. So, I, I think uh, they're in a good position. Like everyone said, Wentz, like, Rich also said Wentz late. He's just as good as everyone else. Just got to stay on the field, stay healthy. And I like Ertz, too. I know Ertz hurt a lot of people last year, but... I can mute you right now. I could just cut you out of my show right now. (laughs) I was so angry with him last year. So angry. Welcome to my life, Marcus. Welcome to my life. So let's make the end of the show extra super spicy. Uh, Craig, what do you think about Deshaun Jackson's comments? Oh... Oh, don't get me started on, on Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Action Jackson. Uh, so you don't want to end like that? No, I don't want to end like that. It'd be funny. It'd be a total, total curveball. All right, next week. <laughs> next week, I'll have my full statement available. <laughs> no, but Mark, you, you mentioned the, the – on a serious note, you, you, you mentioned the Eagles defense. We talked about it a few weeks ago. A strong defense can really make or break your week on, on, in mm-hmm. fantasy, not just in, in your regular leagues, in your da- daily fantasy. John won his, his major FanDuel tournament because of the Eagles defense. They scored like 70 oh, wow. points in a game or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. You get the right defensive matchup. You are winning fantasy football. So it's always good to keep an eye on what defenses have the best potential to score and what defenses have mm-hmm. the best matchups week in and week out. I had the Patriots in one of my leagues last year, their defense. They were monsters. But then I came in second because I played Lamar Jackson. He took me out. Mm. Yeah. They'll do that. Yeah, yeah. he, he got me. for running back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that, you know? Nothing you can do. All right. Well, that seems like a natural place to end this show. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. We talk li- more about the Jets. Let's not do that ever. Or Zach Ertz hate. Or does Zach Ertz hate? <laughs> I no, can, seriously. I, real question about the. You both are Jets fans, right? You're yeah. a Jets fan too, Craig. Yep. So I have a question. Oh boy. Do do this team do like do they just randomly wake up and decide like like Adam Gase called Joe Douglas or that's their, your GM, right? Yeah. Yep. Say hey, let's just let's just get rid of like Brian Water uh, Winters. How does that work? Like. Well, like, let me why explain do they do that. stuff like that? And then they that. cut Quincy Anunua, too. And then they have to pay him $7 million in dead money. I know he's not playing this year, but didn't he ask it released, like, last year? And they said, like, absolutely not. Well, that's the power struggle, Mark. You know, the <laughs> general manager doesn't want the players to feel like they have the power. The reason why they cut Brian Winters is because he was terrible at right yeah, tackle. Yeah, he's not good. Um, was he's not good. He was not good at the position. He was ranked towards he the played, bottom. You know how many, as, he played in, what, nine games last year? One penalty? Penalty? Yeah, penalty. Uh, that's he's great. Right. He, right. he didn't hold. He, he didn't block guard. the rusher. He, yeah, he didn't hold, but he didn't block anyone either. Like, yeah, that's why he, he, he just let him go. He said, here you go. Here's Darnold. You, you can't know, get probably, a penalty if you don't touch nobody. Exactly. <laughs> plus, so, plus I, his, his entire contract wasn't guaranteed. They, his entire contract went back to the salary cap. So he was getting paid, what, over what was it, 7.3 or something million? Seven, uh, yeah, I think 7.5, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, based on – I watch the Jets every week, and I, mm-hmm. I watched that he was letting people come directly to the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So I think – 
you know, they, they've revamped the entire offensive line, and the guy that they, they got in Greg Van Rotten, he was going to be the one who was going to start anyway. So it, it's kind of... Yeah, I, I like you that. Don't, I like that. I used to have a joke that I would be a better starting guard for the New York Jets than anyone on the roster. And I never played football a day in my life. I've watched a lot of football, but yeah. and I'm not I'm not that big. Like I'm tall, but I'm not I'm not offensive lineman big. Mm-hmm. And that was probably still a true statement for a couple of years <laughs> there. I mean, there was nobody on the Jets offensive line. So I'm okay with Brian Winters being a Buffalo Bill. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so without further ado, let's wrap this puppy up. This has been a very fun week of Daily 2 Dynasty. If you want to follow along on Twitter for more comical happenings, check the show out at Daily 2 Dynasty, at Seagorps94, at Coda522, at John Hazlett 475 at EMTaylor29, and at Mark Rubino. And, of course, you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash daily to dynasty to get involved with this program even more. Remember to like, subscribe, and give this show a five-star rating wherever you're listening to. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment in the player below. If you And we have a couple of more sponsors to give a shout-out to. I'm going to breeze through this. Watch. We'll be out in a minute, guys. If you love underdog stories, you'll love our friends at the Underdog Newsletter. Every week, they sift through hundreds of articles, videos, and podcast interviews. And then every Tuesday morning, they send out a bite-sized rundown of only the best stories you can find all in one place. Subscribe to the newsletter at jokermag.com newsletter and follow them on Twitter at jokermagHQ. And we have a brand-new partnership with Thrive fantasy which we're very excited about thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props they have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport thrive has prop bets for almost every sport each prop has a fantasy point total associated with over or under based on the likelihood to occur and the more points a selection is worth the riskier it is rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launching in 2018. You can use the promo code daily to dynasty when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. So deposit $20, get an extra $20, bet with $40. It's a no-brainer. Download the Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at thrivefantasy.com. All right, guys, again, this has been Daily to Dynasty. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, we, I don't know. I don't remember what my sign-off is. Until next week, guys. (laughs) 